even acknowledge that in something I read. He said that it was inconsistent. Yeah, I think the movie, it might be one of the most inconsistent movies I've ever seen. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we're talking about some M. Night Shyamalan movies that William and I had not seen. Yeah. So we want to check them out and then discuss them with each other and see what we thought. Perhaps overlooked. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure really what to say about them. I mean, last week we covered, you know, we did our hot takes. Yep. And talked a lot about M. Night Shyamalan yes. and how much we love yep. his movies. And the fact that neither one of us had seen The Happening or The Visit, Mm -hmm. and those two movies are pretty controversial in his lineup. Definitely. It made it sort of ripe for us to discuss. The the Happening. Mm -hmm. People say that this is his worst movie. Right. It is so mocked. It is like a meme. It has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is very low. That is very low. That is incredibly low. Yes. Um, Is it really that bad? And also The Visit, which I remember when it came out, people were saying, he's back, baby. You know, uh, uh, because he had had the hit of of The Happening in a couple of other movies. He did like big studio work. Yes. And so The Visit was- I don't think The Happening was a hit. I think that was a commercial and critical flop. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So when The Visit came out, people were saying, this is a return to form. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan- uh, is is reviving his career. Is it really that good? These are the questions that I'm centrally interested in. Were they saying that? Because I actually didn't know that this was a written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan movie until like two days ago. Really? I what thought you think it, was, it was? I thought it was like produced by him, like that movie Devil or whatever yeah. it's called about the devil in the elevator. Sure. I, I didn't think that it was like his creative baby yeah. the way that it obviously is. There... Um, yeah, there there was a time where M Night Shyamalan was set to be he was going to have his own like line of movies that he was producing yeah. that were going to be considered something of like from the mind of M yes. Night Shyamalan or or you know a pseudo series. Yep. The connecting, you know, fabric among all of them would just be that M Night Shyamalan has given his stamp of approval to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um but so no, The Visit is straight up an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I know. I was so surprised. But so I'm saying, were people really that receptive to it and being like, he's back, baby? Because I feel like I'm pretty, I, I guess I I guess I missed it somehow. That is, that is centrally how I remember it being described to me, is people saying, this movie is shockingly good. Yeah. Um, it is perhaps even great. And it finally just like, you know, maybe, okay. Can I say great with an asterisk? Yes. Not great in terms of like it's a Citizen Kane right. no, level no, movie, but it is supremely entertaining. It's not some, you know, film that's weighed down by self-seriousness as some of his movies, I think, had started to be. Yes. Um, and so they were like, this is like a really good time. And so maybe M. Night Shyamalan is back to like just make good, entertaining movies again. Yeah. I remember people being very positive about it. Why don't we talk about The Visit first, since we're already talking about it so much. Okay. What did you think about it overall? Did you end up liking it and thinking some of these things that other people thought? I'll tell you what, and I think this is also important to say, we're going to be spoiling both of these movies, The Happening and The Visit. If you're not familiar with either one of them, uh, this is not going to be a conversation for you if you like to go into movies Mm -hmm. without any awareness of what's happening. The Visit is about two kids going to visit their grandparents and things go wrong. Right. I tentatively liked it okay i did not love it Mm -hmm. 
I think that most of the time I was watching the movie kind of squinting at the screen <laughs> and thinking, this isn't right. <laughs> this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. You can't do this. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It didn't feel good. No. I I enjoyed myself, though. Yeah. I think, I, overall. I, I didn't like it, but I can't say I had a horrible time watching it. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm in this. I'm not, I don't really like it. There's a lot that's annoying me or that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, this isn't cool. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, not, not cool. Not cool at night is probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't hate the experience of watching it. It wasn't, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to really hate this movie. Right. Um, the Visit is, what, 2015, mm-hmm. I want to say. There is something that happens in this movie that. I think I think there are things in both the happening and the visit that I'm almost shocked that people didn't talk about more. Yeah. I I knew this movie, The Visit, again, spoilers. Here we go. Right. Here's what I know about the movie. There's a diaper thing. Yes. And these are not their real grandparents. Yes. I also knew these things going. I yeah. actually I it was probably a year ago or so I read the synopsis of the visit. Yeah. So I knew the broad strokes of it. Um, but I didn't know the particulars. Like I didn't know that it was a mockumentary style movie. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. It's it sort of is meant to be kind of found footagey, yeah. but uh, it's that the the main kid is making a doc. Becca, she's making yep. a documentary, so everything is like staging shots, and mm-hmm. it's the you're only seeing what she's filming. Right. Um, yeah, I knew that because I also knew the reputation of this movie as they're doing found footage, but they're not doing shaky cam found mm-hmm. footage. Mm-hmm. They were distinctly trying to just have fun. I think, which I actually sort of appreciate. I remember yeah. seeing a behind the scenes thing where somebody you know she becca is supposed to be sitting at like a kitchen table yeah and so found footage rule she's got to be holding a camera except the 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 m night Shyamalan is directing behind her with like a huge you know that's cool like red camera basically it's like an imax camera that's very cool. that's filming all this they didn't care they didn't bother to make it be the same resolution mm-hmm. as the camera that she's using within the movie. You know, if somebody's using a phone or something like that, they didn't, you know, make, make it, it be kind of grainy and rough. Everything is like beautifully HD. Yep. It's just part of this, the conceit. You just have to roll with it. And I was perfectly willing to roll with it. I yeah, thought that fine. it was a fun way to make the movie. I did too. And it also made it make a lot more sense. I, I knew these things happened, but I guess I just did not think about how or why they would make sense about like the part where the grandma will like look right into the camera. There are a couple of times where that happens. That was in the commercial. Yeah. And I was just like, eh, what the hell? But I hadn't thought about why that would make any sense. Yeah, yeah. So. She's, she knows that she's creeping up on a camera that's yeah, filming right. her. So she's... Well, or when Becca has the camera on the table while they're eating cookies and playing Yahtzee, and she starts rapidly eating a very powdered sugary cookie. Yes. And then screams Yahtzee into the camera with powdered sugar mouth. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Dry mouth. Yeah, that's that's the next thing that I think is worth really complimenting mm-hmm. about the movie. The performers. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think that the people that played the grandparents in this movie are like, they need a, a huge trophy, a pat on the back, accolades for really going for it. I will agree. I felt the same way. I thought they were both really, really good. Yeah, that was Deanna Dunigan as Nana and Peter McRobbie as Pop Pop. Yeah. And they crushed it. Yeah, they did. They completely crushed it. I thought they were excellent. I have. I don't think I've ever... I, I'm not typically this person to be like, 
oh, wow, and look at how, you know, um, selfless they were or how little well, they, you know, needed to. Little uh, self-consciousness. Or, yeah, yeah. They really just sort of like threw their bodies in for the play. Oh, yeah. Like Nana's nude scratching yep. up the walls. Pop Pop's got diapers and stuff. And so there's like. A lack of vanity. Lack of vanity. There you go. And I was really impressed by that. I was too. The material's the material, but Mm -hmm. they showed up to like really make it and make it real and make it fun and make it scary. Terrific. Yes. The people are amazing. They totally are. I would say they're amazing. I did not care for the children. Really? Not for me. Why? Well, too precocious. Too precocious. Yeah, I the I don't know. I just found it a little annoying. The kid, the kid was annoying. The the boy kid. He's yeah. like supposed to be kind of comic relief. He's yes. like a little rapper kid. Tyler. I yeah. found it irritating. There's a thing where he says uh, the names of pop stars instead of saying curse words, which is very much like Kelly Clarkson from the Forty Year Old Virgin. Yes. And I think it's really weird it is that they did the that Kelly because Clarkson it's joke. exactly that. Yes. And so it's supposed to be a little bit of comic relief sometimes, but I just find it annoying. And that's correct. It is annoying. Yeah. And I also found the older girl annoying. Instead of name, she said nom de plume at one point for no reason. And I was like, I don't need this. Well, she is. I think that her. I know it's the point kind of, but yeah. I still was like, it's that's her character Ugh. to me. Yeah. Like that, that is more like Heather Donahue in Blair Witch. The, mm-hmm. the fact that she's like dressing it up a bit for the production, I think, is part of that character. It definitely is. The boy. I don't like the character. The boy, mm-hmm. Tyler, has a trait that I otherwise would have said came from uh, Halloween 2018 of how silly it is for a child to say yes. things that are inappropriate for the tense moment. Yeah. Um, I can't stand the rapping. It's the worst. I can't stand that he says pop star names instead of cursing, which is because- And his rap name is T-Diamond Stylus. T-Diamond Stylus. Uh, It's because he is, this is a PG-13 movie, so they can't get away with all the cursing. It's just Mm -hmm. like how in the show The Good Place, they say fork instead of the F word because they're in heaven. And in heaven, it's like you're programmed. You're not able to say it. So even if you try- to, to scream out an expletive. It's going to come out, ah, shirt. Right. And that's kind of funny that they are incapable. Yes, that makes sense. In his case, you'd think that he would not say pop star names some of the times that he says them mm-hmm. because he should be being a lot more reflexive. Yeah, and just like viscerally being scared instead of thinking to say Shakira. Yes. So it plays way more like... Uh, a sudden laugh out of nowhere, just a non sequitur joke as he goes, Reba McIntyre. Right. When something horrible happens, which makes me think of that kid from Halloween 2018 that everyone loved. Yes, totally. Um, um, I did laugh at the kid one time when he went to the shed because he wanted to see what was in there that like grandpa kept going or pop pop yeah. kept going to check out. And he's, I don't know, it just struck me funny. He was like, it smells like ass in here. And I did think it was kind of funny. I was like ass in here. <laughs> I mean, that that is what probably someone would say. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of realistic. Yeah. Um, true. I... So here, here's, I'm going to say something that's that's really, I'm going to say something that I think is maybe not right. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I, I, I think I almost appreciate about the movie is the sense of treating something as a horror plot that is inappropriate, but mm-hmm. when you're a kid is very scary. Yeah. Right? Like little kids are afraid of old people a yes. lot of the time. And um, 
you know, how scary it is that there's that they're crazy old mm-hmm. people is like doubly frightening. Yeah, they're unfamiliar to you in multiple ways then. Yeah, exactly. And we know that in the modern era, mental illness and, uh, you know, being ageist mm-hmm. is wrong. I think we're all on the same page about that when you think about these things in realistic terms. For this movie, I think it's just trying to revel in the sort of cheap childhood scare of it. Yeah. Which is still arguably not right. Yeah, although it would make kind of more sense and drive that point home a little bit more, I think, if they were like young children who were there. You know what I mean? Because actually, and I do appreciate it, um, Becca in particular is like not demonizing them for being old and doing scary old people things, quote unquote. Yeah, that's definitely So like, she's like, yeah, I mean, it just happens sometimes. Mm. They're old people. Things happen. It's just the same as like talking in your sleep. This thing that Nana does at night is just kind of like a fluky thing that happens. It's like nothing to be scared of. Yeah, but they specifically call out sundown, which is a thing that people with dementia and Alzheimer's experience where literally like as the sun is going down, Mm -hmm. they have a tendency to get sort of like detached and and have confusion and trouble. And so they speak out of both sides of their mouth because in one moment they'll say, uh, they'll, they'll show you. It's less that they say it. It's more that they show, which is the more potent of the two. Right. They'll show Nana doing scary stuff oh yeah and then five minutes later go you shouldn't be afraid of that it's okay you're right so they're both well, trying to be sympathetic and yes. definitely exploiting definitely i guess it I, for scares they definitely are exploiting for scares but i guess i even just appreciate just saying like even the attempt to to yeah, humanize yeah a little, a little bit. bit a little bit i guess i you would kind of expect them to just be like nana's crazy or whatever it's, it's so because it, it's it's the movie wants to have its central scary thing be yeah. somebody that they also want you to empathize with right and not be scared of right which is weird yes it definitely it's the is same exact problem as split Another M. Night Shyamalan movie, which is about somebody who's got multiple personality disorder or disassociative identity Mm -hmm. disorder, um, which are real life conditions Mm -hmm. that uh, are not fodder for your fun, wacky, scary movie. And yet he goes ahead and uses it, which, again, I feel is almost effective just in a very primal sense Mm -hmm. of for uh, a lot of average people. These things are unknowable and alarming. Yeah. But you're exploiting them and saying that you should not exploit them within the movie. And it's weird. At the same time. It's a weird tightrope to walk. It definitely is. But I find it very interesting to be walking that tightrope and for the movie to force you to walk that tightrope. Yeah. No, I kind of get that. And a lot of horror sort of does that where there's like a demonizing of like mental I don't know you can just picture I can't think of a movie Michael in particular Michael Myers escaped from a, a mental asylum yes you can yeah. you can picture somebody in like a straight jacket yes. kind of like flailing around and that being kind of like a horror thing that yes. is sort of the root of a lot of scary movies yeah. so it's kind of in a tradition that it doesn't mean it runs through every movie but right. like it, it has happened there is a historic precedent set whether that's a good thing or not yeah it's kind of right in line with it i almost i'm almost surprised that this movie is not about two murderers mm-hmm. that are are otherwise perfectly average and and capable yeah yeah stepping in it is weird that they are still having episodes of dementia both right. of them 
Right. Like she, Nana, does appear to be, she is sundowning. Yeah, yeah. She seems to be. They are murderers, by the way. They are murderers. Yes, they've murdered the grandparents, the real grandparents and taken their place because the mom who is sending the kids to save the grandparents hasn't seen them in like 15 years, let's say, or something because they had a a big falling out. And so the kids have never met the grandparents, but they have the address. They've talked to them on the phone or emailed or something like that. But it's plausible that the kids have just never seen these people before. And so they're able to get away with it until the kids point their camera, or excuse me, the the uh, laptop at them and be like, Hey, I think something weird is going on with Nana and pop pop. And the mom sees that from home and is like, that's, those aren't your grandparents. Okay. Go to a neighbor's house, do something. I'm calling the police and get out of there. Even if you didn't already know the twist, do you think you would have figured it out? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I think I would have because the whole top of the movie explains that we haven't seen them in forever. Yeah. That's true. Right. I think it would have passed. I, I, you know what? I think it would have passed me by. I kept thinking that, like, I wonder if if they could have uh, passed off some of the suspicion by saying someone has escaped from the local insane asylum, so we're going to try to be very careful. You know? And then you find at the end, not only are these not your grandparents, this is the person that escaped. Right. But, like, that way That you probably would have broadcast it too much. You think so? Because I almost think that then you would, because you've got all these other people that are visiting the house maybe they're the threats. So you would have this game of like, maybe the threat is outside the house. We think the threat is outside the house until we realize, no, 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 the threat's very much inside the house. It is the people you believe are your grandparents. Yeah. Because that way it would point the finger. Nothing points the finger away mm-hmm. from the grandparents. Right. The finger is constantly pointed to the grandparents as, as the focal point. Yes, definitely. You know? uh, which that's, that's really all I, I mean. Nothing really suggests yeah. that there's any plot aside from these two people. So right. therefore, something's going to happen that's about these people. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Some surprise. Uh, I liked the touch and it felt like kind of a misdirect of people coming to the house to visit them. Yeah. From the place where they volunteer. The... Um, like the... I guess it was kind of... Was it a, yeah. Was it a nursing home or what... Was it? I'm not sure. I thought it was. I thought it was like a, an assisted care kind of. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people come to the house to visit them, and and they're not there, but they see. It just seems to validate that like there are people who live here whose story is corroborated. Right. These are other people from outside, from outside, who also say like they know them from Shady Oaks or whatever. So it makes you kind of trust what's going on. Yeah, definitely. But co- you know, coincidentally, every time that somebody shows up, yeah, they're grandma they're and grandpa not are out at for the door. Walk. Yeah. So you never get to see them with people that should know. Right. These that, are not who they are pretending to be. Yes. Um, I think I would have known. I kind of don't think I would have. No. I don't think so. I also, um, I loved some of the scares in mm-hmm. this. I thought that they were really effective. Yes. Yes. Um, even though they're largely like, this is not a bloody movie. This is not like a body count no. movie. This is almost just like a suspenseful mm-hmm. Uh, uh, film. It's very, there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of like quiet moments where you're waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And then it does. Yeah. And like they're, they're crawling around under the foundation of the oh, house. Yeah. The two kids think that they're just playing like hide and seek with each other. And it turns out, oh my God, grandma's down here too. And, and she's moving it. This. 
She's trucking and crawling on all fours. Oh, yeah. And it is very surprising that she's there. They didn't know she was there. Yep. That was incredibly effective, yes, I thought. Yes, I completely agree. I love early on. It's on a farmhouse, so at mm-hmm. one uh, point, Grandpa's It's a lovely there. home. It's beautiful. It's beautiful from the outside. It's beautiful inside. I thought the movie looked great. Yes. Uh, Grandpa's out there working in the field, and Tyler goes, hey, Grandpa, oh, hey, Pop, yeah. Pop. It's a little and Pop Pop doesn't even acknowledge him at all. It just keeps walking around. You're like, oh, maybe he didn't hear. And then a scene later, he's like, hey, Pop Pop. And Pop Pop stops, turns and looks, and then just gets back to work. Like, mm-hmm. you're annoying me. You're bugging me. I don't care that yep. you're calling for me right now. Didn't feel like playing the role of Pop Pop right. in that moment, I right. guess. And I thought that was kind of chilling. Well, he was doing it all for Nana. Yeah. He said, like, this was just because Nana had killed her grandkids and put them in suitcases and then put them in the river. And he felt like she deserved to have a nice, like, grandmother experience. This was not his jam. No. He was just doing it for her. And so in that moment where she's not even around, he kind of dropped the facade a little bit because he's like, eh, eh. Oh, it didn't even occur to me. It was because she was not around. And yeah. And didn't have any incentive to do it. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was just trying to to put on this show for her. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And there's this whole conceit of don't go in the basement. There's mold, yep. which, of course, down in the basement, that's where the real grandparents' bodies are. Yes. In, like, a dumpster-looking thing. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I, not like, really sure. With, like, their stuff, so you can tell. It's, like, their Shady Farms badges and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Good and scary. Like, yeah, yeah. Super freaky and weird. Yeah, it definitely was. And then as soon as, like, the, the, the jig is up, Mm-hmm. As soon as it's known, and the the old people know too, like oh, yeah. we've been made, yes, we, we're we're caught, right? Then it all really goes haywire in a weirder way than I was sort of expecting. It's really just Pop Pop who goes haywire at them, right? Do, what does what does Nana do? Nana is well. First of all, she does shove a bunch of cookies in her mouth while they're playing Yahtzee. Yes, but then upstairs in the bedroom. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm totally forgetting. Yeah, Becca yeah, yeah, gets yeah. locked in the room and Nana is, they're doing this frightening yes. red light, green light kind of game where Nana is just like standing perfectly still. Yes. And Becca will, you know, turn, turn back and now Nana's closer. Mm-hmm. And then behind her in a mirror, then Nana slams her head into the mirror. And yeah, Becca Nana got more violent than, I. they both got more violent than I was expecting. I thought they would just be acting time. weird yeah. and scary and like not letting them leave the house or something. I was right. expecting them to come after no, them. No, neither was I. And the fact that Becca ended up using a shard of mirror to yeah. stab Nana to death. Yeah. Was a lot heavier than I anticipated. Right. It got hardcore. There's also the only other death I think in the movie is that there is one of the people from the um the the home mm-hmm. or whatever comes to visit. Yes. And is killed off screen. But yep. when Tyler and Becca try to leave and go out the front door, mm-hmm. they see someone standing in the yard staring at them. But She's not just standing there because you've only got a few frames to catch it. But it's she's, real quick. She's swaying. Yep. She's been hung from a tree mm-hmm. in the front yard. And they're just scared by her for long enough that Grandpa's able to come up and shut the door. Yeah. And try to pull them back inside. Not only is Nana agile, she's strong, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It reminded me of uh, the hanging body out the front door. It reminded me of Drew Barrymore. Totally. Spring. Yes. Like uh, homage, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Right? So uh, scary. Yeah. There's like a matter of fact quality. Oh, yeah. Of when you are when you kill someone and you don't want to hide the body. I but know. rather use it to. So brazen. Tease or. Or just not care. Just you're care just that them. detached. You're just like, this was a means to 
to an end. This is how I killed them, and I'll take care of it later. I'll clean yeah. it up later. I I th- I thought the movie like even though I didn't find anything in the movie to actually be surprising, mm-hmm. I felt like it moved. I was surprised by some of the scares. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what? Um. I think Nana doing the uh, hide and seek thing scared me, yeah. like startled me. And I'm trying to think what else. There were a couple times where I was like, Ugh. there was a moment. There was one scare that I thought was really cool or a setup for a scare of mm-hmm. Nana asking Becca to clean the oven. Yes. And yeah. She had to climb into the oven. That had been in the commercial. So I knew that, too, which is why I was like, this obviously must go somewhere. But it really doesn't. No. She puts her in there and then scares her briefly and then opens it back up. And to do it twice. Which is why you do it once mm-hmm. to set it up so that when you do it again, something horrific happens. I know. I thought that they were going to shove Nana in there like the, the I the figured fairy something was going to come back around. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, Hansel, Hansel and, Gretel. and Gretel. Right? That'd be a cool idea. Because you go to the witch's house. It's made out of candy. Yeah. And eventually she's trying to eat you. Yeah. And they shove her into the the oven they cook her that's the end of that fairy tale right so i thought we would get a very fairy tale centric story here even with nana eating cookies cookies and nanas are are synonymous you're right that would have been good so it's sort of surprising like a subtextual kind of nod stabbed her to death with a mirror shard still badass i'm not saying that they did anything wrong there but i was just sort of surprised that the oven it was so threatening I know. I wonder if that was like, I don't know, like subverting something like they're going to think on the Maybe. second time something's going to happen, but it's not. Yeah. But I feel like that just is not in a good way. I think the other relatable thing here is the feeling of being a kid mm-hmm. and having to stay with somebody who's not your guardian. Oh, yeah. And still having to do what they say because yes. they're an adult. Yes. Just because they're a grown up. Becca is so mature. Mm-hmm. And so is Tyler, even though he's like a goofy little kid. But like. They, I think, are so comfortable being at Nana and Pop Pop's house. I wouldn't be comfortable with uh-uh. that now. I would have cried and called mom and dad like night one. And Absolutely. Been like, please, please come pick me up. I'm just scared. Yes. Um, not even because of what Nana and Pop Pop are doing, but no, because I'm scared I was because, a baby. Yes. I don't want to be at somebody baby. else's house. Yeah. I was picking, I was asking mom and dad to pick me up from sleepovers left and right. Uh, absolutely. So they were very comfortable there, which is surprising. Yes. But. Uh, Becca climbing into the oven because Nana tells her to is what a little kid does. Yeah. Which is why I think that's something need to happen with. Nana. Right. But ultimately, like, I did have a good time with the movie. I'm okay, in general, I did not. I did not hate it. Yeah. Um, I did not think it was as great as people have said. Although, mm-hmm. evidently, it did sort of signal a return for M. Night Shyamalan because he's been, I feel, back on top of. Oh, since. definitely. You know? I read that he just finished another movie. Oh really? Yep. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I would probably I would I'd be willing to watch just about any horror movie he me too made. I me know, too. I really movie. like him. Yeah, the diaper scene. The diaper scene. Was it as notorious as you had the impression of? What, like was it, it well, as it deserving of the? the uh, no, actually, very quick. I almost side didn't of even face. notice it. Not a huge. Di- I mean, look, huge. I wouldn't want that to happen to no. me. But I was picturing like. Right in the puss directly. Yeah. Mush, mush, mush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was picturing big, bad, gross out. Yeah. Still gross, but like. It's shot from behind. Yeah. And he just kind of touches it to the side of his face. Uh-huh. And, and that's it. And then it's it. dropped. And that's it. Yeah. I, I was like, I sort of had the feeling of like, this is what people were. I know. This is what people were talking about? Yeah. I mean, the- certainly shocking if I didn't know that it was going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, they're going there. That's. <laughs> And that's why that's why I say that this movie I'm I'm more surprised even in the in the in the happening. Yeah. There are different things that I took away from this movie than what I heard people say. Right. 
to me, the the bizarro thing to take away from this is not the diaper. Mm-hmm. It's the kid rapping and Ugh. the kid being so funny. Yeah. Comedy Even the movie and, ends with it. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it's the it's the big final hilarious. So while dumb. the credits play, yeah. he's got another rap song. I guess, like, I I don't think that in my Shyamalan, and I could be wrong because I obviously don't know his catalog as well as I thought because I didn't know that he was the writer and director of this, but. Uh, from what I know, he doesn't have a lot of other fun movies. They're all very serious. This at least has kind of a goofy tone in some ways. Right. So maybe he wanted to really go balls to the wall with that goofy tone and have have fun in all ways. And it's fun for somebody else, perhaps, but not fun for me. I think that's true because Sixth Sense, uh, Unbreakable Signs, The Village, they're very whispery. Yeah. They're very self-serious and everybody speaks really hushed and sort of flat. It's it's a tone. Right. And then in this, it's really zany. Whenever they meet a stranger, they're usually like, huh, you're filming, huh? I was in plays in high school. Oh, yeah, I know. To be or not to be. Like, total strangers are yes, launching right into sudden. bits and stuff. Like, yep. a conductor on a train yep. starts performing for the camera in ways that I don't find realistic. No. It's that. It's the, the humor in the movie I find to be so at tonal odds. Yes, with, with my preferences. With the movie itself. Yeah, and yeah. that as well, yes. Yeah, very, very yeah, weird. Yeah, it's a weird movie. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hate it as much as I thought. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I I have to keep watching this because we're doing the show, but I don't want, I would turn it off in my real life. Uh, would I turn it off in real life? Perhaps. I didn't like it, but I did not dislike it as much as I thought I would. I think that I like it. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't necessarily like it as a movie. I like it as a an urban legend mm-hmm. two kids yeah went to visit their grandparents that's a great urban legend and found out that it wasn't their real grandparents yes absolutely it's the sort of thing that like you say it in two sentences and it All makes done. you fill in blanks in your own mind and you create your own version of this story that's very scary and frightening and the idea of being with strangers uh worse than strangers two people that are supposed to be particularly warm mm-hmm. and cuddly are now mysterious and cold. Yep. I love that. Yes. I think that he created a new urban legend. That I, is very good. Um, I just find the the movie itself to be a little too uh, wacky for my taste, but I like it. I like the 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 bones. Yeah. The bones of it. Even the the poster here. Uh, the poster for this movie is made to look like the poster's cool. It's made to look like cruel work. Mm-hmm. Um, like a grandma might make. It says grandma's rules. Oh, this One, is cross stitch, actually. Cross stitch? Yeah. My apologies. Have a great time. Two, eat as much as you want. Three, don't ever leave your room after 9 30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Another thing that makes Fun. you fill in the blanks in your mind. What could that possibly mean? Right. And I and it's got bloody handprints on it. Great. I think that all the stuff surrounding this, again, the sort of like brazen like attempt of like we'll make a, a scary movie where the scary thing is old people. Yeah. Is is weird for today. Yes. It's like a movie from like the 80s or 90s or something. It definitely is. And I, You're absolutely The premise is very much like an 80s or 90s movie. And I think that that's kind of fun. Yeah. 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 I can agree with that. Yeah. Anything else to say about the, the visit before we move on? I don't think so. Yeah. I think we've said it all. All right. We've done it all. We've said it all. We've probably said too much. That's right. All um, right. All right. Let's talk about the visit. But first. Yes. The happening. The happening. Mm-hmm. We already talked about the visit. Right. So now we're going to talk about (laughs) (laughs) that. happened. But yeah, if you're enjoying this show, gttupod.com. You can Mm -hmm. find links to all things Guide to the Unknown. You can find links to our merch store. 
tpublic.com slash gttupod, our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash gttupod, where you can sign up for $4 or more every month to get access to a bunch of bonus material. A whole exclusive podcast that's happening just for our patrons is on that Patreon page. We would love, love, love it if you would consider sharing this show. Um, tell your friends about it. Tell your worst enemies about it. Oh, yeah. Don't tell your grandparents about it. Make sure they're your real grandparents first. Right. Double check. <laughs> you never know. You're going to want to check a driver's license every time you go to your grandparents' house. <laughs> Sometimes people age rapidly, and it's hard to tell who it is from one visit to the next. I, it's I, You know, this movie, the, the tagline could have also been like, just when you thought it was safe to go to grandma's house. Right. Yeah, it's a really good tagline for this. Great tagline. Yeah. Just when you thought. What a waste. I finally Yeah, but say you safe. finally thought it was safe. <laughs> I finally thought it was safe to go to grandma's house. Snatched away from you. Uh, anyway, leave us reviews, share the show. You understand. It's Join just enjoy Patreon. The show. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. That's right. Hey everyone, I'm Joe. I'm Trace, and we are the Horror Queers, the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network's premier LGBTQ horror podcast. Every week, we discuss a different horror film with a queer element from a queer perspective. That queer element could be a plot point, an actor, a crew member, or a cult following that the film has gained over the years. And the queer perspective is ours, as well as whichever special guest we may have that week. So what are you waiting for, huh? Help us cross out queer horror one film at a time. All okay, right. let's the talk happening. about The Happening. Further back in time, this is 2008. Yep. Okay, so I had said on our previous episode about hot takes where we kept talking Shyamalan that I had heard that if you watch The Happening with a mindset that it is supposed to be a B movie, because that was what his intention was, he had stated, that people say it's more enjoyable that way. So I was ready. I, I was like, okay, he wants this to be a goofy movie. I'm going to try to see it through that lens. And it became hard. Oh, really? It doesn't feel like a B movie. The plot does perhaps on paper. Yeah. I can see how it's like nature is killing you. Could be a premise for something that's like a little goofy. But all of the set dressing around it takes away that B movie quality. It's too sad to be schlocky. If the if the music was a little bit zingier, then I think it might have a little bit more of a quality of that to it. But like it feels serious within these like sometimes small little moments of humor, quote unquote. But overall, it it doesn't feel that way. And he even acknowledged that in something I read. He said that it was inconsistent. Yeah, I think the movie it might be one of the most inconsistent movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's all over the place. I, there were a couple of parts where I was like, okay, I can see the B-movie intention of this. Like the part where and it's mostly like creative ways that people have devised to kill themselves. The part where a lion tamer <sighs> God. provokes the lions to eat him at the zoo. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's goofy and kind of schlocky. And so I can kind of see that B-movie intention there what is a b-movie to you i guess a b-movie is something that has a completely outlandish premise that's like ridiculous and if you're looking for quality you would say no thanks but if you're looking for just kind of like a fun movie then you say yeah i'm, okay. I'm into that to me b-movies usually are films that are sort of outsidery they're not made by big studios mm -hmm. and they are taking themselves seriously Oh, no. Really? 
Yeah. Usually to me they're they're trying to do their best given the budget that they've got. Maybe the premise of the film can be outlandish and a little comedic, mm-hmm. but the filmmaking itself is supposed to be you're watching an entertaining movie. I mean, I think they are supposed to be entertaining movies, but I th- I think it'd be movies as like kind of knowingly or not like cheesy, low budget, everybody here is just kind of having fun and okay. not looking to make high art. I, I'm I'm looking up B movies. Mm-hmm. I I want to just get like some sort of an example here. Yeah, I've already seen uh, an image of Night of the Living Dead. Okay, a, a disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw Piranha, which I guess is yeah. supposed to be like cheesy and kind of stupid. Stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is stupid. It's a little stupid. Yeah. Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is an Ed Wood. Yeah, stuff that's like, like goofy junk. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. So if that's the definition of a B movie that it sucks. Yeah, that is what it is. It's, it's uh, so bad. It's good movie. If you're, I I just don't, I I think it's weird to try to make a B movie because then kind of get it like, or having the facets of a B movie, like an outlandish plot or like a goofy plot, like all of the animal, excuse me, all of the plants around us are emitting a chemical that is making us kill ourselves. I could see that being a big uh, B movie plot. I get it. So I can see being like, I'm going to make a B movie, meaning that the plot is ridiculous and some of the elements in it are silly, but I'm going to bring my budget and maybe some quality to it. So I kind of agree that it's weird to make a B movie, but I bet there are or could be examples of somebody doing it in a good way. I also think that maybe having a um, being a little bit referential to B movies in a way would help with that. Like if he had some sort of like 80s ish or some sort of cheesy music on this, then that would feel a bit more right to me. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I guess maybe even having just looked a little bit at B-movies where it seems to, you know, a lot of the time just be like, Mars men come and attack, whatever, you know. Yeah. The point is that a B-movie is a premise. Mm-hmm. It just is a setup, and then the movie just falls into line from there. Yes. But the happening is almost treated like a paranoia mystery movie mm-hmm. where they don't even get into their own... There's no promise of the premise. You know I what I mean? Think like it's, I mean, it's a little bit paranoia. I found it to be a cloying environmental fable. Yeah. Fable. Fable. Yeah. yeah. It's lesson-y. Yeah, it is a little lesson-y. I, um, yeah. Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> He's learning about the environment and teaching kids about the environment in a fun way. Yeah, right. Does he seem like the fun teacher to you? Yes, he's definitely the fun teacher. How? I don't think I would find him the fun teacher, but I know that he is. He's talking to the jock like they're pals and joking about how he can't dine out on his good looks forever. And then he's like, don't worry, pal, you're gonna be beautiful forever. He's speaking as softly as he can. He he almost always talks like that though. He's so soft. He's always like this. I know he he talks like that almost all the time. I've noticed Mark Wahlberg. I also feel like Zoe Deschanel is doing that or Zoe is is it pronounced Zoe? I don't know. I, I don't remember. But anyway, I think it is Zoe. But um, she's also kind of talking like that, like compared to Will when we were talking about it. That she sounds like 
when you're on the phone with a stranger and you're like, hi, um, yeah, I'm calling to renew my prescription. She's always kind of like, oh. Yeah. And I guess that's a choice because, I mean, this is even weird. Walk, Mark, Walk, Walk Malberg, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is talking to John Leguizamo, who's, I guess, his best friend. Who's and the best thing about the movie? I know. As far as I'm brutally, concerned, I wish John Leguizamo was the main character. Me too. Brutally underused John Leguizamo is what yeah. I wrote down here. Um, he's talking to him and he's like, look, if Alma is acting a little bit weird and spacey, like just know we're kind of having problems or something. And I was thinking like, why does that make you act weird and spacey? She was acting to me like she was like high or afflicted or something. Oh, really? I thought so. She's just like very like, like kind of wide eyed and like not clicked in for some of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, that's because they're having problems or what is happening? And I know that she's supposed to be some sort of commitment phobe and John Leguizamo is way too involved in their relationship or invested, I should say. Like he cares way too much about it. And he tells her like, don't hold his daughter's hand unless she's not going to let it go. Unless you mean it. And like, isn't this just a family friend, dude? Why? Let's lighten up. No, he cannot lighten up. But that makes that gives John Leguizamo stakes. Yes, it in does. In a way that doesn't give anybody else. So even if he's you know, being extreme, even if he's being extra about his daughter, yes, like, I'd rather see this guy who's like sweating bullets and nervous. Yes, and is has a clearly defined goal. Yeah, his goal is go to Princeton, find my wife. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see any of that though. Because instead, we're going to follow Mark Wahlberg speaking softly right. and trying to figure out the scientific explanation of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And Zoe Duchanel, who seems lost. Yes. Um, and they're going, I don't know where, to do I don't know what. Just get away from the virus? They're just going somewhere. They're just trying they're just to walking. go away. Yeah. I would so much rather watch... John Leguizamo march into the storm. Oh, me too. Then watch Mark Wahlberg try to outrun the wind, which is literally something that happens in this movie. Oh, yeah. They're outrunning the wind, which you can't. That also made it sound like there's like, I don't know, like a barrier where the wind stops. Yes, and starts. (laughs) Which there isn't. Like, just because you can stop seeing like a bunch of wheat blow at a certain point, that doesn't mean the wind stopped there like it hit a wall. All right. I just realized that we never even described what the hell this movie is for people that don't know. Yes. The happening is about trees and plants giving off a chemical that creates an instinct in humans that they must kill themselves. Right. Drop everything. Usually you'll end up standing still in place or speaking in like nonsense mm-hmm. for a minute as you're, I guess, neurologically having a weird reset taken yeah. over. And then by and large, you will find the nearest thing that is capable of killing you and do it. People willingly walk off of roofs. A cop pulls his gun out and shoots himself in the head. When the gun falls, somebody else walks over, picks it up, shoots themselves. The gun falls, somebody else walks over, picks it up, and so on, and so on, and so on. Which I actually thought was kind of scary and interesting too that part where the construction worker is looking up and all these people are just jumping off of the building he was working on that's scary it was very scary it felt like you know larger than life and there there are you know it was 2008 so there's a big you know terrorism Mm -hmm. uh uh, theory going on where all of this started in central park and so people were saying that terrorists were attacking central park yeah with like chemical warfare which is scary Mm -hmm. and you know we were both around on 9-11 yeah like there were just murmurs and rumors of what was happening Mm -hmm. and and so like it did like echo some of that just like we can't even wrap our heads around what's going on but something is going on yeah which is what the happening as a title even means 
Um, all of those things are like truly scary. Um, so then when Mark Wahlberg deduces that it's because plants are giving off this, this chemical yeah. and he realizes that we need to make sure that we're away from plants or that the, the wind is probably carrying it. Right. And he goes, we've got to stay. He says, he says, we have to stay ahead of the wind. And then he looks off into the tree line and he goes, okay, here it comes. Yeah, I know. Like it's a wave. Like you can see the wind coming. Yeah. And like it's going to crest and fall. Right. No, it, I mean, I guess it, I guess it dies guess it out does, at some point. I guess. see it. You yeah, can't no. like anticipate it like that exactly. I mean, I guess he's the trees blowing. So, but you're right. Here it comes. It, here yeah. it comes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're running. You're trying to outrun the wind. Right. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I guess good luck. I, right. I'm not sure. Not great. And I I almost wish that they just dispensed with the theories mm-hmm. and got right into plants are deadly and dangerous. I feel like they do pretty quickly. I think they really don't. Really? Oh yeah. They they do some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say like there's fun to be had in this movie. Yeah, it's not the worst. No. I actually wasn't hating watching it, but I definitely no. was like this is not a good movie, but no. I didn't mind watching it. It's only an hour and a half long. Both of these are. And I was I was in it, even though I was like, this is, what is happening? This is not good. It's funny. I, the visit wasn't as good as I expected, given what people say. Yeah. The happening was worse. I think it was about right for me. Really? I, I was like, this, yeah, it's it, not good. It was, it was, it was a good deal worse than what I mm-hmm. expected. Mm-hmm. I, I said this to you the other day, and it's not nice. But I think that Zoe Deschanel is flat out lucky that yeah. the takeaway from the happening for most people was, boy, how bad is Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, she kind of dodged a bullet because she's not like the lead lead. Yeah, she's and he's more famous, so people are going to talk about him more. She's terrible. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think she's really bad in this movie, and and so is he. Yes, and I've seen them both do like really good work, which makes me think that it's the the direction and tone. If you're told we're making a B movie, I think that's the thing. I think it's part of the thing. I was even thinking. Like, I don't blame them. I want to be clear. Like, I'm not saying that, like, they did. I think they did the job they were given. I think so, too. I think that they probably did have weird direction. I think if M. Night Shyamalan had this in his head as a B movie and was maybe saying that to the cast and crew, like, you would kind of act over the top and stuff. I wonder if they saw this and they, I really think a lot, not everything, but a lot could have been helped by the score it sounds like a serious movie like you know sweeping strings and stuff like that if it was a little bit cheesier the music i think it would help it wouldn't be everything there are also just serious moments in it that are like a bummer and sad that i think could be tweaked to make them a little bit more b movie and fast and because sad things happen in other scary movies but you don't necessarily dwell on it too much not that you like spend time what was so sad to you not ton. I would say it's not they spend tons of time on it, but like Leguizamo's death was kind of sad. I thought um, I really thought he was the the he made this movie sing. He was when great. He was on the screen. I, I completely agree. I thought it was such a waste. Yeah. Um. So it was meta sad because I didn't want him to go, but also like he just he really wanted to live, so it was sad. Um. The lady talking to her daughter in the dorm at Princeton. Um, when they're in a group outside and right, the daughter's yeah, saying yeah. that everybody's dead and then you hear the daughter basically kill herself. That's kind of sad. Well, it is sad, but you know what I mean? Um, 
I don't know. They're just, it's tonally. Yeah. It's, it's wackadoodle. It's all over the map. But yeah. I, I think that like, if, and I think that if you don't know that it's supposed to be a B movie, then I would imagine that you just think it sucks. They're just like, what the, I mean, it does kind of suck, but like I, I at least brought that perspective in. So there'd be some cheesy moments or weird things where I'd be like, all right, I guess that's where he was trying, whatever. But if you were going into expecting like a serious M. Night Shyamalan movie, like we were just talking about, most of his movies are pretty serious in tone, like The Sixth Sense yeah. and stuff. And then you see this, you must just be like, what the hell? It has like the trappings of a serious movie. And mm-hmm. then you're told that the guy making it was trying to make it not serious. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yes. You know, and it's it, very strange. It's discordant. It's very discordant. And then there are moments like Mark Wahlberg, like, also, so many close-ups of it. It's very a close-up-y movie. With his yeah, eye, f- f- you know, brow furrowed. And nostrils flared. And he's like, use the scientific, me- use the scientific method, douchebag. Like, that is from the B-movie version of this. Yeah. It doesn't make sense in context with everything else. I, no. I, yeah. That, that's why even, like, John Leguizamo works well with the score mm-hmm. and works well with the way that this is shot. Because he feels serious he feels and in a good serious. way. He's, he's good. And he's, he's in a car traveling mm-hmm. with people. Did you catch the cameo? Who? Oh, who? you're going to take issue with my use of the term cameo. Oh, God. You didn't know who was driving that car. I don't remember who I'll give you a hint. He wasn't even supposed to be there today. Really? Your Kevin Smith birthday continues. It was Brian O'Halloran. Really? Dante Hicks from clerks driving that car. I did not notice that at all. Uh-huh. I would have thought that I would. Yep. Huh. Only visible in the rearview mirror. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. Um, and uh, I listened to a podcast once where he appeared, and he said that he was in the new Night movie. They like he prefers that you call him Night. I ha- yes, I have heard that. And then I'm pretty sure when he flies through the windshield, it's a stunt double with blonde hair. <laughs> so I don't know. Whoops, a doodles. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Brian O'Halloran's in that scene. Huh. But so in that moment, here's something odd. I don't think in that moment that John Leguizamo knows about the tree theory. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's aware of that. I haven't I guess that's okay. Go ahead. I don't. I, I could be wrong. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. However, they're in a jeep with a soft top. Yeah, and there is a cut in the the roof of the soft top that is making a whistling sound because of the wind. Yeah, whistling over it, and John Leguizamo is sweating and afraid, and he knows something is wrong because he's looking at that cut in the soft. Oh, you know top. what it is? I think it doesn't really matter that he doesn't know that it's plants yet because they've been talking about it's something in the air. Oh, so he just thinks it's airborne. Yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. That will. So, cause like, if a there's problem. a crack in the the thing that there's, but I don't think he knows that the root is from plants. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Then I thought that was one small thing, but mm-hmm. that's. That was really going to be neither here nor there anyway. Yeah, because I, I, the I think they're staging, talking about it on the news and stuff when they're in a restaurant before that about how it's something in the air. Okay. So he's then watching the fact that they're not airtight in there, which yeah, they he, wouldn't be anyway, but okay. I know. But like the 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 direction of that ride and John Leguizamo's performance yes. as you know somebody who is he's aware that he's probably left his daughter behind and is driving out to his death yep. but he has to do it because his wife is out there and he loves her and he can't face a reality where it's already too late mm-hmm. is so compelling yes and so good i absolutely and him feel observing that, way. that tight environment of that jeep with those strangers that he's with and realizing that there is a flaw in their defense because the soft top of the jeep has a rip in it yeah was so gripping and full of dread for me yep that like when brian o'halloran gets taken over and smashes the car into a tree and it very quickly ends with john leguizamo gets out and cuts his wrists 
I was I was like heartbroken for yeah. that character to be gone because yeah. I he was the only character that I believed in at all. Absolutely. And I thought he was not good, but like great. Yeah. No, and he's great. John Leguizamo is like a, a performer who like I feel frequently surprises me. He's really good. Anytime I've seen him in something serious, which has happened a number of times. I'm always very happy to see him, and I think he's really good. I know. I'm like always shocked because I still I have you know a long enough memory to think of him as the pest. I know. You know? I I feel the same way. I have a pest bias against him. Yes, or but the he's... clown from Spawn. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, but he's always good. He's so good. Yeah, he's so damn good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we're left with more Mark Wahlberg talking about hot dogs. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that was another weird thing. Yeah, there's just it's just all over the place because they're jokes. Yeah, I know they're because, jokes in an otherwise serious feeling movie. Yeah, it's similar to The Visit in that you know The Visit wants you to be afraid of crazy people, quote unquote, crazy right. people and old people, and yet also acknowledge that both of these groups are people that are vulnerable and yeah. should not be the source of your fear, but we want to be scared of them because yes. this is a movie. I feel like this movie is like, we're funny, but this is very serious. Yeah, of course. And this is very it's serious. no laughing matter, but we're going to laugh about it a little bit. But also it's funny. And the horror and comedy are chocolate and peanut butter. Mm-hmm. When you get the ratios right. Oh, yeah. And when you order the right kind of peanut butter, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Like it's like you want to have like milk chocolate, yeah, and like Skippy creamy, yeah. You know that that would be my preferred combo, yeah. Right, you don't want to have some weirdo like sunflower butter, (laughs) chunky sunflower butter, and like dark, dark, dark chocolate. Yeah, eighty percent cacao. It's weird. Yeah, you know they don't really. They're it's uh, not what you're used to. I see what you're trying to make. Mm But it doesn't taste like a Reese's. Yeah. It's weird. It's too polarized. It's weird. It's weird. And that's how I feel in this movie. Definitely. Um, I will say, I do like the device of them coming upon a woman who's like living off the grid. Love it. She's unsettling in herself. Yes. Because um, she's isolated herself from everybody. She has no contact with anybody. And she still begrudgingly seems to have some sort of morality where she's like, well, you help people. So she's like, I guess I have to invite you in for dinner then. Or whatever, and then does um, like slaps little girl's hand when she goes to get some sort of like a corn cake. Corn cake. <laughs> corn cake. Some sort of primitive corn cake. Corn cob cake. Yeah, I think so. Um, and just like has a weird unsettling vibe where she's being hospitable but also hostile at the same time. Yeah, I really and liked I liked her. I liked that. I was like, what's going to happen with this gal? I liked it. I liked her. I did too, and I really liked the very cool, weird device of her having a kind of guest house on the property that had a tube underground that connected the houses where it was almost like if you were using tin cans with string, but worked way, way, way better. So you could be separate from each other in these two different quarters, but talking and hearing each other as if you're in the same room. I thought that was such a cool mechanism that when she dies, when the old woman dies... Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say, I mean, it was scary, so or like you know, weird and, and creepy. So I was like, fine. But what they had her do was keep bashing her head into different windows in the house, and I was like, how's that going to make her die? It was just to, um, you know, have air be coming in and be a little bit creepy. But like yeah. the least efficient manner of killing oneself. Is oh, I just had the same bashing your head into different windows. I had the same exact problem, except I thought of something that started to make it scary to me. Um, your the, neurology the, going box? Kind of, but more the parasite mm-hmm. concept of there's the cordyceps parasite. Yeah. There's a real thing in real life that can take over an ant 
and it compels the ant to climb to the top of a tall blade of grass Mm -hmm. because that will make it more visible to birds. So a bird is likely to come down and eat it. And now the cordyceps parasite is moving up on the food chain. Yeah. Now it gets to be in a bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I viewed that more as like this this airborne toxin mm-hmm. utilizing a human host to make another human more vulnerable rel- yeah. and susceptible to being taken over as well. Yeah. Which I found kind of scary. That is cool. Because now that, she's not even a person. Yeah, from that perspective, that is cool. Now she's a threat. Yeah. Like there's a central concept here that I think is interesting. Like the the there's like a, a montage of suicide. Mm-hmm. The start of this movie. It's very stark and very frightening. Yeah. But it's weird that there's not a threat of other people. Necessarily, there are within yeah. the movie, but like her bashing her head through the window started making me think, like, yeah, what if the parasite thing or the thing on the air was more of a body snatchers kind of like mm-hmm. it gets into a person and then they want to take out as many people as they can before they kill themselves. Right. 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 So that there you get enemies, you get pods of of threats yeah. happening all over the place. Because ultimately if you can just stay away from other people, yeah, you are fine. That's the other weird thing about the movie is that he discovers and you just kind of have to take it for granted that it's true that the larger the group of people that you're in, the more that you're going to be affected by this toxin right. because you're provoking it in some way. And it's just, it's all just theory. Um, but I guess it kind of works out. So whatever, but it's like weird. It's, it's weird because I love a theory. I love yeah, an fine unproven, with a theory. I, a Blair witch, right? But Full it becomes of, a rule. It becomes a rule in this. That right. is, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like it's backed up enough. Except you just have to kind of accept it's, it's weird because it shouldn't become a rule because of a number of reasons, but one of them is that Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher, so he should be testing his theory, and if it's proven wrong, you throw it out the window and you yeah. try again with another theory. Mm-hmm. He comes up with one theory and then iterates on it like five times, yeah. which implies that he's refining the rule rather than realizing that True. his guesstimate was wrong. True. So like he's like, it's the people. It's got to be trying to take out all the people, and it is. But then he realizes that like they split into two groups, and the larger group got got he's like maybe it's because we we're in a smaller group we should all break up <laughs> smaller group smaller group <laughs> so they all break into smaller groups and they're all safe and it's like it worked we just got to make sure that we're that we don't anger the planet i know it's weird there's not i don't know i would think you'd really want to refine it be like as before or under yes or whatever correct you know what i mean until the old woman is standing alone in her garden right and it happens to her and he right. goes she was alone when it happened so it must mean X, but he should have been like, I was wrong. I was wrong I the whole time, and it's not the trees. I know. Th- there should have been a, holy shit, it's X. Yes. Kind of moment happening. Yes, um, I know. Also, when they're at the place, so in order for them to use that cool tube under the ground that they talk through, um, Zoe Deschanel and the little girl go into this little cabin thing, and he has to tell her, because the woman has just killed herself, close all the doors and windows. Why are we just all closing every door and window at this point? Yes. That's correct. That is insane. Yeah. Don't leave any door I don't feel I'm being open. too nitpicky. That is insane. Yeah. People are being killed by the wind uh-huh. and you're leaving the doors and windows open because you're just exploring a neat cabin? Yeah. A little lax. D- totally lax to the point of being unrealistic and completely world, unrealistic. World breaking. I agree. It was Taking just me so out of the movie. incredibly stupid. Yeah. That you it's just ridiculous. There's another yeah. thing in the movie that I I started to like and then there's something that got taken weird, away. Just a weird choice. They do a 
a, a montage of people around the country or coast. It's mostly northeastern U.S. Yes. So they show a bunch of people listening to the radio and prepping and mm-hmm. what are they going to do. And then they cut to a family all huddled in a bathtub together watching oh, yeah. the news, which I was like, this is very realistic. This is like right, right. You know, a tornado is coming or something. Except there was one woman all the way on the left who looked like she was smiling or smirking. Oh. <laughs> she looked like Maybe she's just having like a weird reaction, like when you laugh at bad news. But she doesn't have a character, so she's just. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. So like, it just we can't know that. Yeah, it just felt. Don't put that in the. Don't put that in the movie. She looked like she was smiling, like it's weird, because it would be to be huddled with a bunch of strangers in a bathtub. Because you know, she they're all actors. Yeah, right. But it was just like, why is this in? It's an odd movie. Why is this in? It has some of the weirdest editing timing uh-huh. I've ever seen. Even like way in the beginning, there's a moment where he's teaching the class, his class about bees, and then a principal walks in. She like opens the, they slowly oh. show her. She like walks up to the door. We see her through like the door. Then she opens the door. The kids look and see her coming in and she comes in and he looks up and he's, and they're like, everyone's turned. Everyone knows she's there. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wahlberg's even looking at her. And then he goes, up, oh, look out, everybody. Is she in here? She's trying to find me. I, and he well, turns off the, the lights. He's the cool teacher. He turns off the lights like 10 seconds after, too late I know. to do his little gag of I hiding ex- among the students. I thought the exact same thing. The weirdest I was like, timing. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like do another take. William, he's when definitely I, the cool teacher. When I say, is he the cool teacher or not? I mean, do you think he's cool? Oh, no. He's trying to be the cool teacher. They think he's cool in the movie world. They they think he's cool in movie world. Yeah. But he's not the cool teacher. Not for me. No. Any teacher who is doing stuff too hardcore like that, I don't find cool. Uh-uh. No, he's going too ham on it. Yeah. And also not committing. He ke- he keeps doing playful things. Yeah. But he's so soft. I know. I just don't buy he it. He's so he's soft. He's so soft. He's like that much. Do you feel he's like that much of the time as an actor? What? No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't seen him in all that much stuff. I haven't really either, but it's something I've... No- this wasn't the first time I've noticed it. I it, Who else? Oh, Jennifer Lopez also does that. It drives me crazy. She almost always is like talking in a higher baby voice. Is that right? It drives me nuts. And he does the same thing. I'm very aware of it. Um, there's a quality to this movie that I think is no one's fault. Mm-hmm. But it's also very unfortunate. I, this came out in 2008. For all I know, this might be the last movie made before the iPhone. Oh, I know. It looks modern, this movie. I, you know what? I it wonder. It looks new. You know, it like it looks good. Yes. Modern cameras. These are performers of today. And they all have these jank-ass clunkoid flip phones. I wondered, and then I don't think it is the case. I wondered for a moment if this was supposed to set the movie out of time. Or something like that. But no, I don't think so. Because also, they do reference kind of timely things. They talk about the bees disappearing, which you can find a marker in time for in real life. And I think the stuff about terrorism is a little bit too modern and stuff. But I know, I noticed the same thing. And I was like, is this intentional? Is this another 80s-ish sort of reference, like B-movie thing? Like, oh, they even have like crappy old phones because this is a cheesy movie yeah, but know. no no it's it's not that i don't think um it's this is a strange movie it's weird because i feel like 
every movie is of its own era. I think. Yeah. Like when people say the movies are outdated, I usually don't buy that because it's like, well, what do you want them to do? Yeah, but it like, wasn't then. Find a way to make a movie perfectly timeless. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So like, I get it. This movie is from 2008, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's just like a quality of this movie that it doesn't really have its own character. Yeah. So it just looks unfortunate to me. So it's the phones are not their fault. It it's is just an unfortunate. Movie just, it all just feels very unfortunate. Yeah. You just reminded me of something. When he's talking to his class and he's talking about the bees disappearing, he's like, so what's happening here? I thought it was a rhetorical question. And then he's like, oh, yeah, he's, then he's fielding Nobody responses knows. from his class. What happened to the bees? Can you tell me what happened to the bees? And like, I don't know. They got sick and Danny goes, oh, yeah, they could have. They could have gotten sick and died. Yeah, some sort of an illness gets into the hive. Boom, boom, boom. They're all gone. But where are all the bodies? There's no bodies. So what happened? Tiffany, you go. And then she's like, I don't know. Uh, 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 radiation. I don't know. Uh, you know, no more food. Right. And then he always responds with like a tag of like, could be, could be. They <laughs> they didn't pollinate enough, and therefore there's not enough food to sustain the hive. Before you know it, the entire thing just collapses. But once again, there's no bodies. Where did the bodies go? And I was thinking the whole time. I was like, every time a bee dies, do you think you find a body? <laughs> like. This is the part that's holding you up that we haven't found the body. It's not a human well, giant corpse. Look, I have no idea. Maybe that is maybe that is the thing. Where are the I, I just had to take that for granted that that's something that people are wondering in the scientific community. But I did think it was weird he was asking them because there isn't an answer. There's no answer. And so I felt that maybe if you pointed out, I just want to get you thinking in a scientific, yes. inquisitive way. Right. This might make more sense. But because he didn't say that. It was just kind of like, just a futile line of questioning that why is this guy even talking about this? Right. You just present the information, probably. Well, because it's a metaphor for the movie itself. And he's well, like, yes, but they'll it's... come up with something and they'll put it in a book and that'll be the answer. But we may never know. Yeah. And so that's sort of the movie. They say it's the trees. And even at the end of the movie, there's a news reporter that goes like, it's been 367 days since the trees fought back. <laughs> and so th- you get the idea that everyone's agreed. That event... Right. Was trees. But right. the mo- beginning of the movie is telling us, even if they say it was trees, yeah. maybe it wasn't. Oh, I would also like to say, I found that the event just ends with no explanation. Lame. Yes. That they go outside intending to die, and they don't, and so that's mysterious, and then it just turns out, like, I get they say, like, I guess the event must have ended right before we went outside. Yeah. And that's it. I guess the point is that this is that is the way things happen in real life. It is. But I'm not in real life. I'm watching right. a movie. Watching a movie. So give me a little something. And it needs to have a crescendo. Yeah. I it's funny. I, I like the 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 idea of having them deliberately walk outside to what they believe will be their death. I also I found it a little um I mean, I guess again it's probably realistic, but a little sudden, kind of. I think I it was very sudden. Yeah. It felt like I, I was been, like, whoa. We're I feel doing like this? they've been walking for a day or two. They've been walking for a long time, but then the decision to just go outside and fall on the sword. Yes. That's not really falling on your sword, but whatever. To just decide to go outside and just end it. That seems sudden to me. No real conversation about no. it. Um we're just gonna 
let's all go do this now. Because he's like, like, I want us to be together. Yeah, right. But we're separated. Yes. He's, it's also an invisible enemy where because that one woman died alone, he assumes that even being alone outside is enough for the yeah. trees to kill you, which may not be true. He yeah, might that's not be right. right. That's right. Like, how do you know something just changed that made right. it? Yeah, I know. This is a weird movie. So uh, he opens the door and walks out, which you'd expect to be like, you know, like somebody walking into a burning building. Yeah. Uh, and so you think that he maybe would just risk it to get to them. Right, right. But then- They come out too. She comes out holding the kid's a hand- A child. Who she promised- I know, like Wazam. Like Wazamo, that he she'd take care of his daughter. I know. And she marches her into- I know, kind the, of again. I mean, you know, did she give her a choice To that? die. Like, what happened? In that moment, she believes we're about to all kill ourselves. I know, I know. She marches out there holding a, a child's hand. I know. And there are heroes. I know. And then they they meet in the middle of this field. No explanation for why they've decided to do this. Uh-uh. You would make I this mean, decision after a month. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You would make this decision when there are no more supplies left. Right. And there's nothing that you can do. They've got a farmhouse now that, for all intents and purposes, is all Well, I guess theirs. they think in order for them to get to it, they're going to die on the way. Um, you know, Zoe and the girl. Right. But like, give it a shot. Give it a shot. They're just marching away from the house. Yeah. And, and you know, they can't contact the outside world, which to me is like, set a whole movie here. We don't even know what the I world know. is like out there anymore. This is a great place to be I know. for a tense movie. I know. But they meet in the middle. And then maybe, maybe, hey, maybe you go, maybe you go obvious, but artistic. You cut to black. Yeah. We don't know what happened to them. Fade in one year later and a news report says, we all agree one year ago was the trees. Many of us survived. Some of us didn't. And we never know what happened to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's ambiguous. But no, they meet in the middle and then you smash cut to them in the farmhouse with him going, I guess it ended. I know. I guess it. And he's right. I know. This is the strangest. And then one year later, they're living together and raising Leguizamo's daughter. Yeah. She taught the Zoe Deschanel how to love, I guess. That's good. Yeah, I guess. And she's pregnant. Right. Is it weird that the farm lady had a a baby doll in a bed? Oh, yeah. Why did she? That presumably she was raising as if it was alive. Wait, why do you say that? (laughs) I feel like that's the implication. (laughs) Smoking, smoking gun, smoking baby doll. If there's a, if there's a loner in a house with a doll in a room you're not supposed to go into, they think that doll's alive. Right? That's the implication. That's what I got from it. I did not get that. No? I like that idea. I'm into it. Chekhov's doll. I, it is definitely Chekhov's. If you well, see a doll in an old person... No. If you see a, a if you see a, a, a life-size <laughs> doll in a home wasn't quite where life-size. one person lives alone, <laughs> they have a sad relationship with that doll. I think she was like decorating her bed with the doll as a child does. So then what was the threat of going in there? That She, she was, was just really defensive. She was like, remember, she was like, you're going to steal from me. She thought he was going to steal the doll. So if she was raising that doll as her child, I don't think she'd be talking about like, you're going to steal from me. She'd be like, get away from her. I think they saw something they weren't supposed to see. I think that <laughs> no, doll was supposed to be saying something about that woman's plight or mental state. It still kind of is because it's quite, it's unusual to be decorating your very much adult bed with a doll. My, what an unusual doll you have. Yeah, and to be sneaking up behind somebody and accusing them of stealing it. So I think it still does speak to that. But I, no, I did not get that she was raising that doll as her own child. 
I think that doll I, used to be a human. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I think now. That's my theory. The doll seemed quite stiff. It may have been made of wood. Yes. And maybe so there's some sort of, you know, plant. M. Night Shyamalan went on to make a show where a family is raising. Yes, a I, doll. I actually, that was like the first thing I thought of when I saw the doll. I was like, oh, like servant. Yeah. The yeah. Nanny. Yeah. That's how she became the nanny. <laughs> Um, she was working in a scary house and <laughs> she was raising a doll and she didn't feel right. <laughs> um, any jokes that made you laugh? No, not no, that I can remember. Not a one? I don't think so. All right, I have one. Oh, okay, what was it? I've got one. Okay. Mark Wahlberg, they accidentally find themselves in a model home, like Arrested Development, like a uh-huh, yep. model home. When he was talking to the tree? Yeah, it made me laugh. Okay. Not, not him talking to the tree necessarily. He's alone in a room with a tree. I know this is one of like the memeified things, but for people who don't know and for context, he's alone in a room with a tree and he believes trees are the threat. So he walks up to the tree and he's like, we're not here to bother you. We just are trying to, you know, we want to take care of you. I don't want to make you upset. All right. And he reaches out and he grabs a leaf and he goes, it's fake. I'm talking to a fake tree. I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. That made me laugh. The I'm still doing it. It's fine. It didn't make me, I wasn't sitting there guffawing and clapping. <laughs> it got me in a way where I just didn't expect. Yeah. Any any Anyone would end with, I'm talking to a fake tree. Uh-huh. Done. The I'm still doing it. Yeah, it's, it's not like bad. a level of self-awareness of like, I, for, the movie needs me to talk out loud because I'm in a room alone. Right. <laughs> Which continuing like, then it felt almost meta it felt kind of fun yeah yeah it's not bad yeah did anything scare you in this movie i don't think so no not that i recall did anything scare you i think the suicide montage was really well i found it i definitely found that unsettling i guess when you were saying scare i was thinking like uh but no i definitely was like this this is heavy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how about this? and effective i i will say yeah, i was, was like effective. this is this That's- is scary that construction worker guy Mm -hmm. i will say i think that they all (laughs) i think that everybody witnessing all those construction workers falling to their deaths were a little sedate Uh uh-huh yeah they were they were yeah (laughs) no one was going like ah ah like no 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 they were just watching what you would probably expect i know and then they were i guess they were just in shock they were like crying which made me think that this almost played like some sort of a biblical event oh uh-huh of just like it's like raining frogs yeah and he's so overwhelmed he doesn't even know what to do with himself or something like that yeah there's a moment where the first body falls and a, a group of construction workers approach mm-hmm. but some of them hang back a little bit and one person kneels down beside him and he's like marco can you hear me can you hear me and then he he admonishes to this he goes give him some room yeah. And he had plenty of room. They didn't yeah. even have to move. Right. And I thought that was also weird. That was like a staging problem. That was yes. like a blocking the scene problem. Yeah. That was just in the movie. It's very peculiar. So I liked that a bunch. Uh-huh. Here's how I want to wrap up this episode, though. Okay. We watched two movies that are, are oft debated. Yes. The Visit is a good M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Happening is a bad M. Night Shyamalan. Right. Arguably, is The Visit a B movie? Yeah. Yes. The visit is, yeah. You know what? Maybe he kind of corrected in a way. Like Maybe he, he made the B his teeth with the happening. He made the B movie that he wanted to make with the visiting. I or with the visit. I would say the visit is a B movie. I would love to do a B movie episode like we've done with 
slasher history and found footage history. Sure. Because maybe I don't, maybe I'm not calibrated right to really understand. Yeah, like, I think it, I think if we had, like, a list of B-movies in a row, yeah. I think you'd be like, I think you would get it. Like uh, The um, best B-movies. I've never seen Plan 9. I haven't either, actually. Yeah. Um, I would say The Stuff is a B-movie. Yeah, okay. More um, what's it called? Um, I just apartment. watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maximum Overdrive. Sure. Okay. Um, things with a ridiculous pre- premise that aren't very good are generally B movies, but that you can have fun but with. But they're all premise. Yeah. Yes. The whole thing is. Pre- yeah. Pretty cars much. come to life. Yep. Maximum overdrive. Yes. Old people are scary. The visit. Yes. That's why this needed to be like the happening is ephemeral. Yeah. It's not a thing. It's not the invasion of the body snatchers, which are active no. words. It's the happening. It's something. Yeah, kind of so, passive. Something's going on. Right. The movie, you know, it's not right. a grabber. Right. And the movie making itself. And is I not- feel like it's so obviously messagey. Like at one point, um, actually, when they're running out of that model home, they're running past a billboard for the like development that's making these homes, and the billboard says, "You deserve this." That's a kind of humor that I'm a little bit better with. It's on the nose. It's very on the nose, very on the but, nose, but it's g- aggressive. Yes, it is. But again, in another movie that would feel fun to me, in a movie that feels kind of serious in a lot of ways, I was like, Ugh. yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. It's so, preachy of the of the two movies, which did you like more? Oh boy, that's tough. Uh I guess I I guess I. I guess I liked the visit more. The I did not like either of them. There are no diapers in the happening. You're right. That's a that's a ding against so it. Pushed it over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the visit wins. Yeah. All right. What is the best by moment? a dipe? By a dipe. What is the best moment of the happening? Ooh, let me think. I mean, I know there's something. But it can either be you know them talking through that that tubey thing. The tube. I, I think that's really cool. Through the tube? Yeah. I had like forgotten there was a tube. Yeah, I think that's very cool. I, I thought that was really effective. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Worst moment. Oh, God. Let me think. I don't know. I can't think of a worse moment right now. I don't know. Cringiest moment. Or, you know, like cheesiest moment. You brought up the guy with the lions eating his arms. Yeah, that's like, so weird. So weird. They it's like clean footage and the green screen is so obvious. You'd I know they would throw like a grain effect or like some glitching effects on it just to just no. to obscure the obvious harsh lines of a green screen. No, it looks it looks like part of the movie. Yeah. All I can think of right now actually are things that I did kind of like. I liked all the people holed up in the diner watching the news coverage on TV. I like that too. I thought that that was really cool. Let me think of War of the Worlds of the Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I, I definitely thought that too. Um, you know what? I'm I'm bad at this. I can't, I can't think of I can't think of anything. All right, what I'm about ask you? you? The same questions for the visit. For, yes. so think about those a little bit. Okay. To me, the best moment of the happening, mm. undeniably, John Leguizamo in the car with Dante. Oh, that was a really good part. I thought yeah. that it was the one moment in the movie where I detected like an emotion. It was mm-hmm. making me feel an emotion. I thought that there were were stakes. I, mm-hmm. I I liked it a lot. I thought it was really tense and frightening, that was good. and it showed like the potential of this. Yeah. Um. I think the worst moment of the movie might be when we meet Mark Zuckerberg. What's his name? Mark Marky Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. The moment that we met him, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I just knew we weren't in good hands. <laughs> There's trouble in River City, and like stuff didn't make sense, and like I didn't like the way he was talking to the kids. And, <laughs> 
just knew. I just knew that we were like at the top of a mountain. Yeah, I mean, he was he was practically perched, if not actually, on like the side of somebody's desk, rolling his sleeves up and getting down to business. It was hard. It yeah. was hard to watch. Yes, um, I think the 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 most like outlandish fun moment. Yeah. Is there's a moment where in the the suicide montage where a man walks over to a, a lawnmower thing and turns it on and then deliberately lies down in front yes, of it. Yes, and they're just watching it happen. They're just watching it slowly. Yep. It's like that scene in Austin Powers where a steamroller is yes, about to run over the guy totally. in 20 minutes. Totally. Um, and then I thought the maybe the cringiest moment were some of the jokes like that hot dog joke. With that man. Yeah. Like, Nobody doesn't like hot dogs. They got a cool shape. They're a cool shape. They got a cool shape. They taste funny. I guess. It said, I was like, these are attempts at humor where like the point is that the joke is bad. Yeah. But it makes it worse. Yes. That you think it's so funny to be this weird. Absolutely. It, it, it was like, the point was he wants you to laugh at him. And I am, but not in the way he wants somehow still like there are just irony levels that I've never reached before there. Yes. Let's move on to the visit Let's moments. Move on to the visit. Yeah. What strikes out at you is the best worst. Um, I think the best was I, 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 I probably the reveal, even though I knew it, I can see that as being the best moment where they're Pop talking. Pop to finally them. feels like really threatening mm-hmm. and he's like letting his hair down. So yes. to speak. Yeah. Yes. So that is a fun moment. Yeah. Um, cringiest anything with that kid rapping. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Uh, and what was another? Very similar to the hot dog joke where it's like, I know you expect me to find this funny. Yes. And I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there. Um, and what was another thing like cringiest or something? Uh, well, cringiest you just said for the rapping. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Worst moment. Worst moment. I hate the Yahtzee moment. It's too gross. I don't want to see all that powdered sugar. The cookies? Yeah, the cookies. She really shoves those cookies in her She's mouth. going to town. Yeah. Don't like it. Um, all right. Uh, I'll go in reverse order so that we end positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst moment of the visit for me is probably... Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to get negative at all. I'm going to tell you some things that I forgot to say that I like. Okay. Um, one... Uh, the Becca walks into the barn and turns and sees Pop Pop uh, with a shotgun. Oh in his my mouth. god! Yep. And then he takes his mouth off and he goes, "I was just cleaning it." Yeah, 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 yeah. I swear, I was just cleaning it. Yep. Where it's the writings on the wall. He was contemplating oh, yeah. shooting himself, mm-hmm. and I. It was really frightening to me. Yes. Genuinely, it, that was in the trailer too. And yep. I loved it in the trailer as well. Where yeah, it like, is good. I don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in this movie. Like it seems like these people are all over the map. Yep. Um, and the the big one that I really liked. It's a totally understated moment. I said it before, but I think it is indicative of like what this movie could have been or how threatening it is. I love. It's very found footage. The camera looking off. It's not a shot that you would typically like stage necessarily. It's just sort of like mostly looking at an empty field with Tyler going, Hey, pop, pop. And that pop, part pop was really good. Him yes. And then turns and walks away. And mm-hmm. in that moment, like you can feel the contempt. Yeah. Dripping no off time of pop, for him. Pop in that moment. Yep. Like, it's just like very threatening, but yeah. very understated. And it was tense. It was very scary. Yeah, that's um, a good moment. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Two, uh, I guess, 
I, I don't know, controversial. Yeah, controversial M. Night Shyamalan movies. Yeah. Are these still considered like of the modern? I still think of M. Night Shyamalan as those first four movies. I think and this is probably is like, almost like a weird lost era because after these movies came like Split and right. Glass where he's kind of a newfound, old found, um, like positive pastiche about him yeah so i feel like these are kind of like weird no man's land movies. these are like growing pains yeah yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. that's very interesting yeah but uh regardless yeah i hope that you guys all enjoyed us talking about these two movies if you saw them feel free to let us know what you thought about them as absolutely. well absolutely we've got a couple of great spots for you to do that we've got our facebook group mm-hmm. on facebook.com slash groups slash gttu pod or you can get into a patron-exclusive Discord. Yeah, I love the Discord. An entire Discord that we've got just for our patrons over at patreon.com slash pod, where you can talk back to us directly and other people who listen to or watch this show. Yeah. Um, we would love to know what you think. I would love to do other episodes like this where we just yep. pick a couple of movies to discuss and sort of cross-reference mm-hmm. or uh, try to parse out their place in horror history. We actually have a couple of recommendations for movies to do that with from one of our patreon live streams that's true so i think we'll probably do this again yeah i think so yeah but like yeah uh uh, regardless these are obviously two i think lightning rod Mm -hmm. m night Shyamalan movies where if you like them or hate them you're probably aware of them and probably have heard people talk about them you know even if you haven't seen them yourself right so thank you so much for hanging out with us as we uh Parse out the 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 awkward teenage years. Yeah, that is kind of what they're like. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Make sure that you head to gttupod.com to find links to our Patreon, to our T Public, to old episodes in our archives and history. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow at gttupod to keep up to date every time a new episode is released. And uh, if you must, if you absolutely must, you can't help yourself. Feel free to reach out to us. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. And I'm at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much. Uh, this has been fun. This is yeah. almost like a, a follow-up to our hot takes. Yeah. This is like an episode that's still full of hot takes about these that's true. movies because I bet people have a lot of diverse opinions about them. I think you're right about that. Yeah. So we'll see you next time for more great spooky conversation. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go with it. He couldn't have climbed up on the couch. Did he seriously just go lie down? He's not lying down yet, but I bet he's about to. He couldn't have done that during. Now he wants to rest. So now he wants to rest. Twist ending. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Pain in the ass.